Hello, and welcome to the Camp Rock Podcast. As advocates for teenage mental health, being teenagers ourselves, I, Charlie Brooks, and my co-host, Caroline Flannery, decided to make a podcast that would reflect the mental health issues faced by teenagers today. Today's Camp Rock Podcast episode will discuss the aspects of teenage mental health and well-being during the social media age. Social media has been shown to have negatively affected mental health, and the mental health of teenagers specifically. Where does this negativity manifest online? Well, there are several examples of how this negativity manifests. Um, Extremist political groups, polarization. What affects kids the most is cyberbullying. Cyberbullying is a form of bullying that occurs online. That can be mean messages, comments, or posts. Being behind the protection of a screen gives people a sense of power that they can say things that they wouldn't say in real life to a person's face. All generations that are online have faced cyberbullying at one point or another, but kids and teens in middle school and high school are most likely to face it and suffer from it. I feel like I've definitely heard a lot about cyberbullying, especially recently. Yes, it's something that all of us have probably faced at one point or another, our whole lives being online. Social media is also made to be addictive. The algorithm on these apps is designed to get and maintain your attention. You even see this with notifications. The apps attempt to lure you back in. This can create an endless anxiety-inducing spiral that can only end with self-awareness or changes on the part of these apps. Interesting. And how has this been shown to affect kids and teens? Between 2006 and 2008, there are 118 youth suicides ages 15 through 19 in Missouri. Between 2015 and 2017, that number rose to 177. That's a 50% increase and directly correlates to the increase of users on social media platforms. Wow. Aren't teenagers already susceptible to mental health issues due to just being teenagers? Yes. Besides social media, teenagers are already a vulnerable group. We're known for our crazy and not well thought through actions. When speaking about the prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain responsible for decision making, pediatric psychiatrist Dr. Leo John said, quote, that part of the brain is the last to mature. Kids just don't stop to think about the consequences, unquote. Have schools made any effort to lessen the stress put on teenagers? Yes. Some schools across the country have been making a big effort to help teens. For example, Superintendent Keith Marty of Parkway School District in West St. Louis County created a mental health task force after some students in the district took their own lives. He said, quote, We have seen some significant increases in all ages of our student body with social and emotional issues, which affect students' attendance, behaviors, and academic performance. We continue to have principals and parents ask what we are doing to respond, end quote. Even our own school district, Hopewell Valley Regional School District, has seen changes made in an attempt to provide help for mentally struggling students, such as SEL days or social-emotional learning, and the annual No Homework Day, where we all are supposed to take a tech break. It's good to know adults are paying attention to such important teenage issues. We've discussed generally how social media can be negative, but are there any specific instances of social media apps or companies causing harm to teenagers' mental health? Well, Charlie, do you know Facebook or Instagram? Yeah, of course. Well, recently, in October of last year, they came under fire. Now under the parent company of Meta, 
due to information being released by a former employee, Francis Haugen. Haugen revealed that Facebook had been conducting internal investigations on how their algorithm affects teenage mental health. They found through their own investigation a correlation between more time spent on Instagram and an increase in eating disorders and depression rates. Wow. How have they reacted to this phenomenon to help their users? Well, one of the biggest issues is they didn't. One of the biggest causes of the backlash the parent company Meta faced as a result of this information being released was an uproar over the fact that they didn't do anything with this information. They knew firsthand from their own internal investigations that their algorithm was harming mental health, specifically the mental health of teenage girls. But top officials in the company decided to keep the algorithm the way it was because it was most profitable. They prioritized profit over the well-being of their impressionable consumers. In all fairness, Facebook has denied many and most of these allegations. But have you noticed any recent changes to the algorithm, Charlie? Maybe likes being hidden on Instagram? I think I have. I haven't really seen the amount of likes for a while. Yes, this suggests that they're trying to improve under pressure. All of it really makes you consider if social media platforms even help anyone. That's really interesting. I never knew about that. You also have to remember, though, while social media has been proven to have a lot of negative effects, there are a few positives. Really? What are some positive effects that have appeared with the rise of social media? Well, one of the biggest ones is communities. Communities offer a place for people to be listened to and understood by people like them, people who share common struggles and issues. People are able to figure out their identity and learn about new or different identities with the aspect of communities. Yeah, I've definitely found my plant mom community online. (laughs) Yeah, and I've found a lot of engineering posts. Also, social media has been proven to be a place for people in censored countries to organize protests. This offers for people who have been silenced to spread their word and find people who also want to spread their word. That's really interesting. So it allows for free speech in an age where a lot of speech is monitored. How can that help to improve a teenager's mental health, though? Well, online interactions with others has been proven to help relieve social anxiety. Rather than talking to new people in real life and not knowing what to say, you can think about what to type and have just as meaningful conversations as you would in real life. Yeah, I've definitely stayed in contact with my friends that moved away due to social media. Exactly. A study at the University of Pennsylvania found that reducing social media usage can actually make you feel less lonely and isolated and improve your overall well-being. Although that's true, teenagers that are minorities, such as LGBTQ+, or people of color, can find safe spaces where, sometimes unlike in the real world, people will understand them and be able to relate to them. They are also able to avoid judgment or hate speech just because of them voicing their feelings or identity. It's nice that people can find communities online that they can't find in real life just based off where they live. Exactly. I definitely feel like I have get to meet new people and meet people that understand me. Exactly. Have there been any ways for people to spread their messages on social media generally, though, and not just in a smaller, specific community? Definitely. This is called online activism. People can use social media platforms to spread good messages about topics such as racism, homophobia, mental health, etc. Teenagers are the number one users of social media, meaning a lot of them have been able to use it for good. Yeah, but how many kids and teens use social media and the internet regularly? Actually, a lot. Pew Research in 2020 showed that 42% of 9 to 12 year olds had their own smartphones, while 54% had their own tablets. 
Wow, that's a lot of iPad kids. <laughs> exactly. The same study of more than 1,000 tweens found that 67% said that YouTube was their favorite form of social media. Interesting. But how many of these kids are actually watching informative things and not just Cocomelon? <laughs> well, we can't be sure for sure, but platforms such as YouTube can be very informative. Sure, YouTube has entertaining, mindless content, but it also has people who talk about important issues, as well as news reports and other informative content. Because of this, kids from 9 to 16 are becoming interested in pressing, pressing issues in the world because of social media. Organizations such as Youth Driven Spaces are helping these kids spread their word on the internet. Yes, I've definitely seen my peers and friends find issues that they're passionate about due to social media. And social media has also allowed for them to speak on these important topics and voice their feelings. Definitely. I've seen a lot of inspirational posts lately. Amy Olsner, director of Girls Rock Bloomington in Bloomington, Indiana, says, quote, They're using social media for sharing information about protests. Instagram, TikTok. They're inspired by identity politics, unquote. As teenagers, we are most vulnerable to the allure of social media. The adverse effects of social media have been exaggerated by COVID-19, making teens feel even more isolated than ever. Yeah, we all kind of felt alone during that time. And it's important to remember that we all struggle to maintain our mental health from time to time. But no, if you're feeling alone, you're not. Teenline is a hotline made specifically for teens and their mental health struggles. When you call or text Teenline, you will be speaking to another teenager who will listen and go through your struggles with you. You can call them at 800-852-8336 or contact them via text from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time by texting in all caps TEEN to 839863. It's really good to know that there's other teens out there. I know that me and a lot of my friends have struggled with mental health, especially during COVID. It's nice to know that teens are out there to help us. Yes, and it's good to have someone to talk to, even if it's not someone that you personally know. Exactly. To conclude, though some positives come with social media, such as forming online communities, those positives reflect more on the people that use the apps rather than the algorithm itself. Yeah, this is true. So while people can utilize these apps for good, the addictiveness and negativity of the algorithm outweighs such positives. To avoid getting sucked into doom scrolling or letting social media control your life, you can utilize several self-control tactics. Try setting time limits on these apps. Reminders that pop up on your phone to tell you how long you've been on the app. You can also set these time limits for your phone too. They'll tell you how long you've been on your phone after a set time. Put down your phone with TV, Chromebooks, Laptops, phones, tablets, iPads, surrounding us 24-7. You need a tech break. As humans, we are made for movement, not sitting around on our tech. Going outside or just being aware of your physical surroundings can help to ground you and relieve some anxiety. Take a breath. I might need to try that one soon. <laughs> or maybe just be crazy and delete all these apps together. You'll be shocked by how much more free time you have and how much happier you are. Try focusing on some other hobbies. So try to be self-aware and avoid the zombie-like brainwashing that is social media. I'm Charlie Brooks. And I'm Caroline Flannery. And we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Camp Rock Podcast. You can follow us or listen to additional episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.